Beers and Banter, episode 39. We've got AJ Bronco and the Crab, part two. Greatest board relay ever assembled. I reckon we'll talk a bit of footy tonight. Maybe uh, a bit of life-saving again and uh, just a general catch-up. Let's rip in. Lads, welcome back. Thanks, Matty. Yep, great to be back. It's a good time of year for the sweaty box, actually. It's not not too not too hot in here tonight. Apparently, coldest night of the year coming for us. So that's what you want. You yeah. don't want to be sitting here. October it was a bit warmer. <laughs> yeah, it was too. Can you believe it's been eight months since you blokes were in here? No way. Time flies, yeah. hey. And and what an eight months for the world it's been. <laughs> yeah, completely changed. Who would have predicted? Country caught fire pretty much not long after you guys were yep. here, probably. Yep. And then COVID, and then we're just, just just turning crazy and trying to get back to a little bit of normality. The country is, and uh, I don't know, it just keeps poking its head up. Mm. Hoping that, hoping that um, they can give those small businesses a crack and just let them get into their get into their you know back to routine, isn't back it? to the routine. Yeah. What he's been up to? Did it affect you much? Um, yeah, it did like in the electrical trade, it it did slow up a little bit. Yep. Did, I've taken two weeks off. Yep. Obviously spread out over the, the time, but yeah, our side of things definitely slowed up a bit. Yeah, we haven't been too bad, but we're blessed, I guess, that um, we're in that situation. I definitely think, I think that's, you know, across the board. So we're, we're lucky. So, but um, no, it's been a weird, weird thing. And as you said, there's no way we would have sat here in October last year and predicted this. And we, I think we forget too that we had a, we're in the middle of a really nasty drought at that point too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we were talking about that and then the fires hit and... and when, when the fires were going on, I was sitting there thinking, bloody, I bet you there's another story after this and the media moves on and we, and we, and we forget about all the mm. people that are still battling. Mm. I didn't think it would be the biggest news story of the century though. Mm. It's It's been... Nothing like it I've seen in our lifetimes, obviously, but yeah. just um, – and those poor buggers, there's still a lot of people living in tents and stuff down in yeah. Victoria and yeah. New South Wales and yeah. it, what a year. I've, I've touched wood and I've, I do feel lucky that uh, mm. you know, I haven't been as affected as some of these other people, but – I agree. It's brought you out of retirement. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah. You told me you, you told us on the last pod you were done. Seven hundred and zillion games. Forty-seven hundred forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. So did you play any this year yet? I uh, played a trial match. Yeah. And that was it. That was right before that the COVID hit, and then they had just called off everything. Everyone, you know, all groups of training, all groups of anything, social distancing, social uh, distancing came into effect, and yeah. That was it. So, yeah, got trial match in. Yeah, playing down at um, the Moulin Bar. So, who, who are you playing against? Mustangs. Northern Rivers. Yeah, yep. Byron Bay, um, Cudgeon, Tweed Coast Raiders, Blamble. Yeah, okay. Ballin' the Seagulls. That'd be a tough comp. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. And you're back training now, though? Yep, we're back training. Yeah. Head. Are you allowed to like actually throw footies to each other yet? Yeah, like we're still we're throwing footies and that. Got gloves on though. But we're not. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna when we get to training, sign in. Got to sign like a COVID logbook and um, no contact yet. So we're just really yeah, no, no contact. No, no, and no. when are you starting to play games? Are you allowed to do media? 
Should we black out your face? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it penciled in go ahead will be July 18. So let me ask you this. As, as blokes who are semi-professional, I'll call you that, you're going to come back and play a contact sport, but you're only allowed to do your training contact for a week or two prior. Yeah. That's going to... Yeah, it's going to cause probably a, a few injuries. <laughs> oh, Just all it. the yeah, the soft tissue injuries will go through the roof. Yeah, Everyone will be, yeah. This first couple of games, there'll be some sore bodies. And I, I'm surprised. Like watching the NRL kick back off, I kind of expected that we'd get a, you know, relative increase in injuries. Um, I don't know whether the, there's any stats to back that up, but yep. I think the fitness levels there's a huge disparity between some teams. It's it's obvious to well. There was a bit of talk on the weekend because Campbelltown produced some shocking injuries on the weekend and they were all blaming the ground. But it was interesting talking. Uh, they talked to uh, Daly Cherry Evans after the Manly game because they lost Travojevich, mm. Walker. I think they lost someone else. Apologies, I don't, can't remember the name. But he said it, it's not the surface. He said it's fatigue. Mm. He said this game is so quick now that guys are cramping up left, right and centre. And it's the fatigue that's causing the injury. So maybe that's something, you know, they always, they talked about, you know, there's people been talking about reducing interchange for years because they want the little guys to come back into the game. Well, they've done it this year, really, with that six again rule change. Yep. I was at the footy on the weekend with my young bloke and he, he doesn't really watch a lot of footy, but it was, it was a really good dad moment. He was asking me a lot of questions. But every time the six again, every time the ref calls six again, the stadium goes, <laughs> He's like, Dad, that's giving me a headache. <laughs> Why don't they just give them 12 to start? Because <laughs> every time the Titans got the ball, it was six again. Uh, sorry, every time the Dragons got the ball, they'd get a six again in their set. And he, he was off it. He was like, that sounds driving me crazy, Dad. Why don't they just give them 12? But it's... Um, so you went out You went out to the game? Yeah. What, yep. How many um, spectators allowed? 2,000 at Suncorp it was. Okay. Did they get the 2,000 out there? I think it's. I think it come up on the screen, nineteen hundred and seventy or yeah, something okay. like that. I Pretty think it sold. They sold the two thousand, yeah, but just yeah. not everyone turned up. It was uh, it was raining a bit prior to the game. It cleared up for the match, thankfully. It was a tough game to watch. To be fair, as a Titans fan, it was uh, probably one of the worst games of football I've ever seen in my life. Which was hard. I'd finally got said to the young bloke, "You want to go to the footy?" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was surprised that he wanted to go to the footy. So I was like, "Oh, this will be good," and then. Yeah, there was not a lot to be joy, joyful about. Um, it's been a few years since. I, I was a bit happier, not happier. I was a, I was less pissed off when I got home and found out that we'd lost three players during the game. And, you know, there's some refing decisions and uh, they weren't they weren't great, but then they probably did well to hang on to 20 to 8, to be fair. Mm. Lost a, a brand new fullback 20 minutes into the game, lost another fullback and then lost another back. So you had second rowers playing on the wing and in the centres and they had nothing in attack. So they probably did well to hang on to 20 to 8. But mm. Big game this week against the Broncos um, who are out of form and I really hope we don't play them back into form. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Um, I think Broncos, have they'll be a lot more nervous than Titans. Titans are coming in with nothing to lose and Broncos are sure. just... It's like that, the favourite going in, but they know that their confidence is so far down that they're coming into a team that's, you know, big brother, little brother. And it's it's a flip of the coin, this one. Well, the Broncos have dropped, is it Jermaine Asako? Yeah. They dropped him. Yeah. Left Boyd and, and some of the other guys there. 
and the speculation was that they'd done it as a power play because the young fullback they brought in is also being chased by the Titans. Yeah, okay. Nui? Yeah. New? Nui? Yeah, Tessie New. Tessie New? Yeah. Which um, – He's a goal kicker as well, so – Big call a a player bloke just because uh, you're trying to tie him up for another couple of years. Yeah. Um, Same with Tommy. big talk today for Fita. For Fita. Five years, $5 million offer from the uh, Titans. That'd, that'd be good for the Titans to get a player back because we cop a lot of shit on the Gold Coast about, you know, nothing good comes out of the Gold Coast. And that's my, my personal crusade is that we're the sporting capital of Australia. It'd be good to get a lot of the talent back on the Gold Coast and show show the country what we can do and show that this, this nursery, this rugby league nursery from Logan to Northern Rivers yep. is... is must have an NRL team in it in the middle of it to uh, to maintain that nursery. Let me ask: Does he play eighty minutes? Yeah, it would go close if he didn't. Yeah, I think he does. All back rowers these days play eighty. I think. Is he? T- I, 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 there's talk that Mal's prepared to go to Tomalolo type deal to mm. to get him. I think I think that the Titans really do need a, a Fafita as such. I don't know whether he has proved himself to be Tomalolo as far as. You, you just set him like clockwork. He went the, the the Cowboys lost on the weekend. They were down thirty four nil at half time. He still racked up over two hundred meters. You know that's yeah. Mister Consistent. Yeah. And if you're getting a million bucks a year, you need heat every game like that. I reckon him, Cooper Cronk, maybe the Trebovich brothers, and maybe Teddy are the only ones worth a million bucks a year in the comp right now. I I tend to agree. I I think you, you got to compare apples with apples in a little bit with when it comes to this. And yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't put him in the top no. 10 players and that's probably the top 10 would be getting a million bucks a year in my eyes. Um, it's like a curse. It's become the white boot curse is getting a million bucks a year for footy. Well, they're, they're giving that money on, on hope. Potential. On, yeah, potential. You know, without proving that you're worth, you know, that much money. Yeah. So, but... You know, when a team's struggling, they have to, you know, throw out that type of contract to get a player in, which they're hoping. And if he keeps on going on the way that he's playing, he definitely could get there. But it, it's just a risk for a club that's made a lot of bad recruitment decisions. Yeah, it, it's a huge risk in my eyes. Yep. Um, I kind of feel like you could split that million bucks into three ways and probably get more bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, they do need a game breaker though. They've got lots of toilers. They do. They need a game breaker. They do. Is, is, is a back rower going to be a game breaker for you or, you know, that person? I don't believe they really want Tessie New. They've just signed Corey Thompson for three years yeah, as true. a fullback. You've got AJ Brimson who should be the fullback when he comes back from injury. Do we need a third fullback on a three-year deal? That was odd to me. Maybe we do, but when you've got Sammy that can play there if he needs to. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was odd that they were chasing another young superstar at fullback, mm. but they do need we we need game breakers. We do need someone that's going to blow it apart. I don't know how they pay that first million next year though, with, with some of the guys that still don't come off contract until twenty twenty one. I think with that Tessie Tessie new, or I think they'll be getting because he must be on a base wage, yeah. and they would Titans wouldn't be offering him. Massive amounts, but they would be offering him, you know, a starting spot in the 13 or starting in the 17 at least yeah. every week. That's how they'll pitch their, their sale, I think, where in the Broncos, you know, you've got a lot of 
players and he's in a backlog of it. So but I reckon that's like, I think base wage is 87500 So maybe they might go, right, we'll give you 150 Yeah. Which is like good money for his age, but it's it's not like a they're not paying massive amounts to, to get a player. I think they're just trying to get their um what's it called um insurance on outside backs locked up, and he's he's a good prospect, and it's not going to cost them that much. Because next year you've still got on contract Shannon Boyd, uh, Cartwright Ash, another year. Ash Taylor. Cartwright and Peachy are all still there next year. Yeah, okay, yeah. And they've got to be taken up. I'm not going to speculate on what people are making, but they're, they're, they get, they're all, all those four guys are on pretty good coin. So h- how we give Fafita a million next year and retain – you've got Ryan James coming off contract this year. He's the heart and soul of that team but yeah, has had mm. two consecutive knee injuries. Mm. You've got uh, Kevin Proctor coming off um, contract, which – I don't know, people seem to differ on this. I would say he's Mr. Consistent for that team week in, week out. He's the, he, you know he's given 100% effort. And he's a Gold Coast junior. Gold Coast junior. Uh, Pete, who seems to be out of favour at the moment, is coming off contract this year. And then you've got Copley, Tyron Roberts, Sam Stone and another young fella. That's that's what's coming off contract this year. If you go offering for feeder a million next year, you could lose some of the heart and soul guys that are actually the – the mm. toilers yep. that, that you know are putting in 100% effort every week, mm. they, they, we could miss out on some of those yep. to make way for that. And that's – I don't know how that sits either. That's Sam saying that's Rick's son. I think it is, Does yeah. he have two sons? Is there one at Newcastle or is that Sam has come from he Newcastle? He came from Newcastle, Because yeah. he looks like a bit of a, a weapon. Like he yeah. goes in he hard. He hasn't played this year, but is, – Who's the guy with the leg tap? <laughs> You're going to have to be more <laughs> specific, no, I'm pretty mate. sure that's <laughs> – yeah, I, th- I thought it was Sam no, Stone. Jo- that's Joff or something. Uh, no, yeah, I, I thought it was, unless it's someone at Newcastle. That with the Stone last name. What did, what did you think of um, last time you were on the pod, you were sceptical about the Titans just picking another coach, which to be fair to him, he'd just won a Super League comp. And you 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 you'd wish the Titans had it gone for like a Walker Brothers combo. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on the early? I know the Titans haven't performed well this year, but what can you see any signs there that there's signs of life and signs of a new culture emerging? I just no, I can't see anything different to what's happened when Cartwright was there. From who was the one that came after Cartwright? Um, he only had a year. Neil, Neil Henry. Uh, Henry, and then um, Garth Brennan. Garth Brennan, yeah. I, can't. I think it's too early. I think really with what's happened this year, you get a guy who's only just started, it's just too early. I think the Suns are a good example of what potentially having a year under your belt can do as a coach. You look at what they're doing this year, they're just a different team. And he only had, I think, last year was his first year yeah. as, as full-time coach. So he's in his second, he? okay. second year yeah, now. That's pretty good then. And they're, they're on fire. Yeah. So, you know, you'd hope that, um, you know, this guy's obviously had a, pretty interrupted start to his his coaching career at the Titans. This year will be his foundation year. Next year, you'd probably expect to see something. Sorry, Matty, his no. head's dropped over there. No, <laughs> I, no, no one expected him to win the comp this year. Um, I'd hoped we were going to win more games or be in more games than, than we've been in. I think they'll build as the year goes on. I've seen signs as a fan. We, we beat the Tigers, but it being in a game... Up until the last ten minutes is what I want to be. 
I don't want to be watching the footy and it's over at half time. Mm. And then I'm kicking the dog for the next 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no fun. But just touch on that. The Gold Coast Suns, the difference and where you get the talent coming through is the AFL draft. Where we don't have draft, we've got recruitment managers and that trying to poach players or trying to get them in. So it's hard when a team isn't going great to sign in good young players. Mm. But the other flip side is sign them in and say, look, you're going to get game time. And I guess that's the other side of the pitch, but so I don't see... There's the haves and the have-nots in, in league at the moment. If you're Roosters, Broncos, or it used to be Broncos, but definitely Roosters, Melbourne, maybe, maybe Manly or Parramatta. Roughly around there. But, but it definitely Roosters, Melbourne, and traditionally the Broncos, people will sign there for unders because yep. mm. they know they're playing finals. Um, we don't get that luxury on the Gold Coast and that is the best argument for a draft I've heard is that we just never get a chance to get that next crop. But no. I do like the fact that this roster has got more Gold Coast talent in it than it's ever had. So, that, you know, the Gold Coast has always been a retirement spot for yeah. people. We've now got young guys there that have have played their footy. It was a shame losing Jaiara to South. That, that was a bit of a kicker, but... Mm. I reckon he'll come back. That's my hot tip. We'll get him back in his prime. He'll go to South for a couple of years and then we'll get him back. Three, I think he signed, didn't he? Three or four years, yeah. Mm. Particularly if Wayne Bennett goes. Yeah, yeah. He's mainly would have been going for the godfather. I know you're out there, Joy. I know you're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Stephen Kearney getting, getting dumped in with all that's going on in the world? The NRL's asked the clubs to be lean and, you know, to know, work off, you know, no excessive spending. And it looks like the Warriors are going to have to pay him out a million bucks or something. And to put Todd Payton in, like, there's got to be more to that story. Mm. I, I don't want to speculate, but you've you got to think there's more to it than, than what's scratching the surface. Well, I've read, allegedly. Allegedly. They wanted to get rid of him last year. Right. And because of his management situation, and it's something we talk about on the pod, is that how much um, weight player managers have in the rugby league industry. Apparently, when the Warriors looked to move him on, the player manager said, if he goes, so do the five players that are signed with me. And that's when they extended Carney's contract. And now that that player manager's been deregistered, the Warriors took their opportunity to move him on. Okay. Well, my theory, I reckon. <laughs> Here we go. Warriors, <laughs> they're a they're a cuzzy bro footy team. Yeah. They're all about offloads. They're all about playing, you know, off the cuff, deep from their own end. And where Kearney's come in, let us from, say cuzzy bro. Yeah. Politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he went, obviously Melbourne system. He was yep. under Bellamy and he's tried to bring that to Parramatta. Didn't work, Parramatta. Well, he spent time with Wayne Bennett as well at the Broncos too, didn't he, Steve? Yeah, Kearney. that was yep, after Parra. But, and then it, I think the, the first few rounds of this year, or the, they said the game plan, because obviously the way the rules changed, if we hold the ball, you know, no passing, no offloads, they were, they were gone from, I think they were second last year in offloads, to this year I think they were 15th. Yeah, okay. In offloads, maybe even 16th. They were either last or second last. And it was purely, they said, if we don't make mistakes and then get 
another six again call, which will take us up to eight or ten tackles in the set. Eventually, we'll wear them down and win that way. But Warriors aren't a team like that. Warriors play the best footy. Throwing it around. Yeah, throwing it around. Fiji footy. But I, th- you know? I, th- I think a lot of the analysis has been is that they can't win a comp playing like that. They can win games, but they can't win the comp playing like that. Mm. And we spoke we spoke about it last time you guys were in because you you know similar with the Walker brothers and their different style. Maybe they're the guys to go to New Zealand. Well, yeah, that that their top is. So you're saying they need a coach who resonates with the, with the players. Yeah, more. exactly. Why yeah. why would you go to anywhere when like I don't know, like if you were coaching the Chicago Bulls in their prime, you got Jordan, but you don't use his like you don't use him mm. as the main man. You start going, oh, hang on a sec. Let's start giving it to this bloke over here because, you know, no, you, Jordan, so that's your, your game plan is Jordan. Warriors, they're all about throwing the ball around. So they need a coach to come in and go, right, I'm not going to try and coach like every other team or, you know, the other 12 other teams that go, right, let's just percentage, percentage, percentage. I reckon the Warriors need a, a coach to come in and go, right, this is what we're going to go. Let's do lots of skill skills training, get our ball handling right up there. Yeah. Ball control. You know, so you can get the late offloads like how Fletty Mateo, Chris Nunu used to do that at Parramatta when they'd done that run in 2009. Mm. You know, if they get their whole team with good skills and doing all that, you know, they you know, they should be in the top eight every year. Sole team from New Zealand. Yeah, they definitely should because they've got the pick of the rugby league talent in yeah. New Zealand. Should be able to poach a couple of rugby union players along the way. They're, they, they should be doing a lot better. Um you know, the, I guess I was listening to a discussion about them last night, though, that they need to be able to get in the into the grind when it's required, though. Like they're not going to be able to throw the ball around every game. Like well, not no, every and obviously in the last 10 minutes, if the game's on the line, yeah, that's why you still need a, a solid yeah. 7, 6, 9 and 1 to go, hang on a sec, but they got that with Roger. Mm. You know, he could easily just come in and go and being captain. 10 minutes, game's on the line. You know, you're not offloading 10 metres out from your own line when you just tackled a full set of six and the ball comes down. Yeah. But throughout the game, definitely in the first, you know, 20, 25, 30 minutes of each half, that's when you start, or I believe anyway. So while we're on coaching, it's something I had written down. And Cliffy's not here. He's running late. Sorry, folks. Um, but the three of you are all coaching in some capacity or you've done a lot of coaching, Phil. Um, AJ, you're coaching this year at a surf club level. I don't know. Cliffy is too. How how is how different do you need to communicate with a millennial or a gen? No, they're not gen Y. They're millennials or digital natives. Mm. How have you got to communicate with them differently to how it would have been delivered to us back back when we were kids? I think the difference now is that you have to resonate with them in some way, and I think that's the challenge now as a coach is you need to find. Uh, you know, focus on the individual yep. and find something that resonates with them and find that little switch that just clicks in their head to say, right, I don't need to commit and focus my attention now to what this coach is saying. Yeah. Um, whereas previously, I think you, we've, we, when we grew up, when we were sort of in that um, primitive years of our sport, we probably were under the rule of a, um, you know, rule of the iron fist. Yeah. You know, this is how you do it and you've got to work hard and this is the only way to do it. There's Whereas, two options, yeah, my way or 100%. somewhere else. Yeah, so I think it's probably flipped a little bit on its head now and we're, we're kind of appeasing the individual a little bit more than what we used to. Yeah. Um, 
I certainly haven't done a great deal of coaching to this point, but, you know, hoping to do a little bit more. Phil obviously has coached, um, you know, footy sides and you would have had a spectrum of age groups between sort of 18-year-olds and sort of 35-year-olds. And there, there's a generational gap almost in that. Well, even trickier for you, Phil, you've been captain coach. Yeah. How, how do you be one of the lads? Yes, please. How, how do you be one of the lads and the disciplinarian as the coach? Um, I'd, you know, if we train from 6 or 7.30, you know, obviously Cheers. half an hour before training, you you know, chatting away with everyone, having a, you know, keeping everything all, you know, calm and happy mm-hmm. and and all that. But then obviously about quarter two and setting up drills and all that, you know, then that's when you, you step away from being everyone's mates and you're still their player as well. You're still part of the playing group. But that's how I, you know, worked it. And I, I found coaching, um, you can't stain everyone with the same brush. You can't, you know... There's so many different personalities and, and all that. It's basically you're man-managing each different player. You know, what works speaking to you, Maddie, won't work the same speaking to AJ. So at half time you just can't come in and go, you know, rant and rave and like that because some people don't accept that, you know, or, or don't, um, you know, relate to that. Get any hospital balls on a sad day because you made them do too much running on a Thursday or what? Yeah, we just got to cop it. <laughs> oh, we, we, cop all, it. we played footy together. Yeah. Right. And yep. and my dad was a coach, coach yeah. back then. Yep. So he Johnny Jeffries. We'd be going to ask his question. But between the three of us, if you had to sort of work out what makes each of us tick, it's not the same thing. Like, no, that's right. You know, and I guess as a quality of a good coach would have been to know what to say to that individual exactly. to get the best out of them. Like me and you, Matty, we'd have different things. Yeah. If my old man had to come in and given you a revving ramage, you probably would have gone and buggered off. But that's not the way that I don't think you would respond. You know what I mean? Like you're more just saying something really, you know, um, specific, we, not yelling and not yeah, carrying well, on. Yeah, like think about yeah, some definitely. of the personalities we yeah. he had actually had well, to deal with in our like team. We, got, could, we could talk about <laughs> some classics, you, you know. Ryan Coppick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Devil, just wind him up and let him go. Uh, yeah. You got Turbs and then you got Sammy. You got to try and keep him calm, keep keep yeah. the lid on. Dawsy, Dawsy, yeah. Lackey. <laughs> um, they should have worked out of it to just don't make me warm up. I'm just expending energy that I haven't got. <laughs> 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 Always saw warming up as a waste. <laughs> if you, that's another thing that I found as well. Some players just hated warming up, mm. but I'd, it's, I'd always try and be the last one strapped. Yeah, go that's what it. players do. You always you. Always find the players that hate warming up are always the last ones out of the sheds. And then they're out of the sheds like, oh, my strapping's too tight. I'll go back in and oh, get... Oh, Laz, you, you yeah, strapped the wrong shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> go back in and then they come out and they do like a 10-minute warm-up where normally you work off in between 25 and 30-minute warm-up. Mm. Hey, yeah. it's uh, 21 years this year since, since our under-14 grand final win. Yeah, right. Wow. That's Just to make you feel old there for a sec. <laughs> no, 22. 22 this year. Oh. Who, who'd we beat in that one? We're, 30, we're 36 this Roosters. year. Roosters. Burrell. Narang Roosters. Narang in under 14s. Yep. Hey? We're 36 this year. Oh. 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 I keep thinking I'm 35. <laughs> it is 22 years. That's, oh, makes me want to vomit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was Narang Roosters. So I had, uh, I had Matty King in that side. And then... 
under 15s, I think it was Balamble. Under 16s, I think it was Balamble. No, 16. What was the game we played at Southport Tigers? That was against Narang again. Yeah, no, that was the first one. That was under 14s. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Benny Hannett scored at half time when I kicked the goal and it hit the upright. Yeah. And he scored. It's because Tory, uh, was it Tory Hipperson? Yeah. Or Troy? Tory? No, Tory. Tory. Yeah. He got laid out. And I remember standing over top of him and just like, don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Benny, yeah, Benny caught the, yeah. Yeah, because everyone else just stopped and looked. Even then, they just went like this. Just looked at it and then... Turbo dropped Matty King on his head and got sent off, I'm pretty sure, too. That was at yeah, South good memory, it? I tell yeah. you that. I can, so remember, that I can remember stuff back then. I can't remember <laughs> what I did last week. <laughs> so 14, then where, where was 15's grand final at? Burley? Chugan. Chugan. Oh, that's right. Yep. yep. Chugan. Yep. Then 16's was at... Burley. 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 Yep. And then Parkwood. But you might have deserted us by 17's then. 17's I went, yep, I left. Dirty trader. Um, and then back we, to Chugan. Then we beat you in 18's. <coughs> I wasn't going to bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, yeah, Burley would have been going for, is that five straight? Yeah. Got, got pipped. Yeah. Rob, the Choppy close, the coach. Shout yeah. out to Choppy. He's just moved up to Harvey Bay. I think. He has too. Good old Chop. Legend of a bloke. Hey, uh, True Queenslander too. Jersey ripped off. That's fighting. Just, oh, that's just, he is, he is one of the greats. He's, miss, he's Mr. Marone. Mm. Last time we were on the pod, we were talking about you know, where did life-saving go wrong? And it was interesting. I had uh, Courtney Axon who came up on our pod, you know, as someone that looked, you folks looked up to when we were younger. It was interesting talking to him about what drew him to to um, triathlon versus, you know, he was obviously pretty handy at, iron, at uh, surf life-saving as well. He said his school had a lot to do with that. Um, but then obviously the fact that, you know, triathlon being a world sport and, you know, just, just that biggest sport. Something I noticed over the summer since since we did our pod, there was a Nutri-Grain event on the Gold Coast and we had a nipper carnival the same day. And I just saw that as the biggest missed opportunity. You know, it's like... Yeah, the logistics is just... Who's, who's it's like playing it. Like, yeah, exactly. Because we were coming back from, I think it was maybe Cool and Gutter and I've driven past Burley and I've gone, oh, there's a carnival. The Nutri-Grain's on. There was no way I was stopping in. I'd been on the beach since 7.30, 8 o'clock. There was no way I was stopping in with my kids to have a look. But it's like, how that's not... I know that Nutri-Grain's its own thing and Surf Life Savings its own thing, but I I feel like there's some sort of synergies there. How that's not the grandest event for the Gold Coast Surf Life Saving of that weekend. There should be no other nipper activities that weekend and it should be... Bring your kids down to the carnival. Yep. There should be a march past or something, you know. Like there should be some way to represent your club and, mm-hmm. you know, cheer on, cheer on the the best in the best in the country. Like it just seemed so odd that we'd been at a nipper carnival yet there was neutral gain on up the road. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I'm just. just <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, it could be a tough year for for you know. It's been tough already. Could be a tough year. Uh, I don't know if I, did you folks read that article? There's a couple bit of athlete movement in the yeah, surf club that, world. Yeah, yeah, Cash Cliff at it again. <laughs> <laughs> but can you blame them? No, it's going to be a le- it's going to be a lean year. Mm. And if and if Northcliff have got the money and have got the ability to, to be honest, they could be doing the the sport a favour by paying some of those athletes to keep them in the sport because. If everyone stays at their club for loyalty but has to go and get a day job, the product's not going to be as good. Well, that's what I, I was thinking about that earlier. But 
you know, the, the product might not be as good, but, you know, to the contrary to that idea is to the general consumer of the sport, does the, do the athletes need to be professional for the end results to be the same? They, the, the end consumer wouldn't know the difference. Exactly probably. right. Okay. So that, that's what I, it's an interesting point. And I'm not saying it shouldn't, they shouldn't be professional and they shouldn't, you know, the amount of hours that they put in to be professionals and the, the best of their game, they need to be paid well and full time. I 100% agree with I've that. I've always thought surf life saving athletes were more professional than footy players and they didn't get paid. Yep. I remember you blokes being off the grog from gent from like <laughs> New Year's, like through to well, allegedly off the grog, you know, for four months leading into Aussies. Yeah. That was only to True. make Mad Monday a good more fun. <laughs> Do you imagine telling a footy player you cannot drink, drink. for four months <laughs> on a million bucks a year and telling him you can't drink for four months? Yeah, yeah. I reckon there'd be some clubs that would do it. Like if they all had a pact and went, we're doing this, we're winning the GF this year and this is how we're going to do it. There's no way – because I know how good my body feels when I'm not drinking. Shout out to my doctor told me I need to drink less <laughs> on Friday. Is he a listener? I bought a, I bought a home brew kit same day. <laughs> After leaving straight away. <laughs> Actually bought it before, so it was a bit shit oh, timing. Yeah. But I know how much better my body feels when I'm off the beers for a few days. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell me that if a player's trying to rehab an injury that they shouldn't be just off the grog, just eating so good. And that's something I maybe, – maybe I'm completely oblivious and maybe the NRL clubs are doing it, but if I was running an NRL club, I'd be – I'd have a meal service for the for the top 30. That, they'd be eating what I want them to eat. Well, they, they do. The only meal they don't eat at the club is dinner. Yeah, everything, okay. else, everything else is oh, there you go. provided. I didn't know like that. Like you go and there's a table like this or longer and it's just, you know, sports drinks or like not sports drinks but they're, they're protein shakes, they're back hydrolytes and – and all that, but they got, you know, because yeah. they're there. They're, it's a normal job for them. They're there at seven, eight a.m. and they're there until five. Yeah, right, yeah, three, three, four thirty-five, and they get obviously they got meals and that. And but back to what you're saying, I think they've all they've always been a, a ridiculously professional sport for an, for what is majority amateur people mm. um, and mm. not amateur in skill amateur in in the purest sense of the form that they just doing it for the love of the sport yeah. mm. and mm. and maybe that's just a culture thing because whether it's triathlon or running or bike riding or you know a lot of those endurance type events i guess you just need to be disciplined with what you're putting yeah. in your body otherwise but it's all going to come undone but i think it also attracts a certain individual and that individual wants to be the fittest and the best it's not necessarily the paycheck at yeah. the end of it too so i i kind of get on and, and probably you don't that, you don't do kona for the paycheck you do no, it for the fact it. that you can when you're 85 and yeah. you're, and you're and having your last breath you can just go i prob- did that probably another example yeah, yeah. that would be the majority of olympic sports the yeah, exactly. the best of the best wouldn't be the nothing, highest yeah. paid, and they're not certainly the Olympics. You're not allowed to be professional in some sports like soccer to compete in it. So, you know, um, boxing, which is weird. Yeah, you can have the dream boxing. team there, but you can't have the best soccer players. It's it's odd. It really is. But I guess that you know, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about what people we know is probably the the kayakers. Um, is that a lot of them are from the Gold Coast and and sporting capital of Australia. Yeah, sporting capital. But they go to the Olympics and, yeah, certainly I'm, I'm sure that they're paid a, a salary by the AAS, but they're certainly not making, you know, rugby league 
type contracts getting sent there. I, I always yeah. thought that once you won a gold medal for Australia, you were set for life. Mm. And then until I was working with a bloke that had won multiple gold medals with <laughs> it, uh, playing hockey for Australia. Oh, really? And then, yeah. re- then I realised, oh, so that they're just, just battlers like yeah. everyone else. Like yeah. they still got to do their day thing. Like, And it's probably only the, the real cream that win an individual gold medal. But then I th- this has had to look. For some reason, I thought you got a big, you got a big chunk of cash for winning a gold medal for Australia as a kid. It wasn't until I grew up a little bit and was like, oh, you don't just like get set for life for winning a gold medal. But I think you've got to win multiple gold, and then you've got to be able, to, you've got to be marketable. Yeah, you've got to be able to then go and sell yourself, and yeah. that's where the money is. The money's not being the athlete; it's mm. it's being it's mm. being the brand. I think you know the the Ian Thorpes and the Grand Hackett's of the world. They're certainly probably okay. Yeah, but you've right. inflicted the the Michael Diamonds. You know the people that have won gold medals that we don't really follow their sports. Yeah, uh, you know regularly. I think it's hard for them. Surely he's on the cover of Shooters Mag or Hunters <laughs> and Fishers or would, yeah. <coughs> Trash but <laughs> <laughs> they should be. You know, like what's a go- I don't know. Are you set for life if you win one for China? Well, don't know. Maybe Russia might pay him massive, massive money too. Because what about the, what about old oh, mate that I've just chewed him up and spat him out? And Mac Horton's now they've all apologising to Mac Horton. China's like oh, oh fifteen hundred, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. yeah. What so weird? Four hundred. I, I really feel sorry for anyone that was training for this year's Olympics. There's lots of. The, Look, there's lots of hardship this year, and that's probably the least of the world's worries is the, the Olympians. But mm. can you imagine if you were if you were from the age of what 10, 12, maybe thirteen, that you've been priming yourself for the Tokyo Olympics, mm. and then it gets cancelled or pushed back a year? So potentially, if you were tapering in, maybe they've had enough time that they weren't tapering for anything because it you know it all started to break out in what. January, but I certainly think some sports have would have picked their Australian teams, and others hadn't had their trials yet. I know that swimming never got around to no, their trials. Cliff, Cliffy's just texted me; he's not going to make it, unfortunately. So we'll get him on the pot again soon. But he said to me the other day, "It'd be worse if you were going to retire at this year's Olympics." Yeah, true. yeah. And <laughs> next minute, it doesn't happen. Yeah, you got two options, and again, if it's not if it's not your bread and butter. And you've got to put your career off, your actual income off for another yeah. 12 months? Or do you pull the pin and you miss out on that Olympics that you're going to? Well, I guess it depends on your circumstances, right? Like, let's hope it's going to be on next year. They don't even know. Yeah, yeah. but we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty around it. It would be very, very hard. Very hard. Especially emotionally. They're like, going to need every country to be clear of the virus by the, for them to run it. Or they have a, you know, everyone's in a Japan hard. a month Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like they that. could. That. They certainly yeah. could do that. Yeah. Yeah. All the tennis players have got it. <laughs> yeah, that tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so that. there's blokes that said, oh, they shouldn't run the US Open. J- Djokovic saying that they shouldn't run the US Open and now went to a <laughs> thing, dancing in a nightclub, no mask, nothing, the whole works. Now they're all testing positive. When um, when Nick Kyrgios is the voice of reason, and it, those blokes need to give themselves some uppercuts. <laughs> yeah, it makes him look like a. Well, he's been insane. saying like <laughs> he's like there's more more to life than going to play in the US US Open. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, my rugby pro- proposal is looking real good from the last pod. You know, I talked yeah, about mate, the fact yeah. that the two Merging. league and union should come together and and create what would be the greatest sport in the world. 
you know, it would rival soccer. It would it would penetrate North America as a as a as a sport. Something obviously that we've done a little bit lately because they've got no sports going on other than UFC. Rugby Australia is on its knees. My proposal from October is looking real good right now. <laughs> so you're you're talking only in Australia though? Are you talking Australia, New Zealand? Or I think that's where it starts. But then everyone realises, yeah, brands, we need to all yeah. smoke the peace pipe, yeah. get over it. It's been 100 years. We're all getting paid now anyway. Rugby's trying to turn itself into rugby league anyway to make their product more palatable to consumers. Yeah, true. Just... Imagine the real estate they'd own, the resources they'd have, the talent pool. Won't happen. It'll never happen. Yeah, I'm living, I know there's I'm living in too a much. There's too much old money in rugby union and yeah. they're too proud of it. So mm. they won't stand for it. No. I, because, I, it because it'd be league buying union yeah. is what had happened at yeah, the moment. Yeah, they, they just they won't happen. What about a hostile takeover? That could happen. But what are they buying? They don't have anything, the union. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> they could just get them cheap. Have they got now's TV the rights? Do they have TV rights? I don't even know no. if I've got a deal at the moment. <laughs> they don't, don't have, have, have a product. No. <laughs> Poor buggers. <laughs> uh, the, the Kiwis would be the ones you'd have to convince. That and I say this not as a rugby union hater, but as an oval football lover. I want rugby league <laughs> to be a world sport. And I think if they join forces, join resources, put Peter Volandis at the top of the tree, this world domination. There's talk the NRL could buy Super League. Right. Well, as in, as in the Northern UK, Hemisphere. The UK yeah. Rugby League, yeah. Yeah, wow. But isn't he a bit of a winner, that Volandis? He's just, what a story. I'd he never just, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, when you look into what his resume speaks of, he's, he was the head of, I think he still is, at Racing New South Wales. Um, or chairman or whatever he was, well, but, yeah. but he, yeah, he, he knows how to he, he knows he, how to run something absolutely. But yeah. he took on um, the Victorian Racing Club, yes. right, with the Sydney Carnival that he came out with, yeah. and you know the championships that they've now built. That wasn't there four or five years ago. So he just went bugger it. You know, we're going to set this up. It's going to be a winner. Here's we're going to get all this prize money, and now it's huge. It, and it, it rivals the the Melbourne Racing Carnival, yeah, and knows how to navigate a crisis too, because yeah. they had the Hendra virus, which yep. threatened to shut down racing. Yep. And there was one thing, one industry that just didn't even skip a beat through no. the lesson that was horse racing. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, my the, only criticism of Peter Volandis, and it's probably just it's not that big a deal, is that I think he does need to realise that at when he when he's got his Horse racing, it's him versus Victoria. But when he's got his National Rugby League hat on, that's that's a national role. That's a, the Australian Rugby League Commission. So it's not us versus them. It's not New South Wales versus Queensland. It's not New South Wales Victoria. Yeah. He needs to be looking at the whole body. Holistic. Yeah. Mm. That's my only thing. But, I, mate, he's a god. Everybody loves him. You reckon he's listening? Probably. <laughs> how, how could he not be? Take note. <laughs> Well, he's coming in and he's making the hard decisions. Come on the pod, Pete. But all his decisions he's made, have, everyone's been like, mate, that's exactly, it's turned out. Dictator. Yeah, but that, but that's how, like, everyone's like, oh, yep, that's, it's worked, it's worked, it's worked. He's I think he's a, got, I think he's he's got, got rugby the, league DNA. Western Sydney, yeah. grew up playing it. Yeah. I think we've had some administrators that, in the recent past that haven't the gravy train, for sure. Haven't necessarily had that same, you know, connection to the game, maybe, yeah. or... I don't know. 
He got he's stuff. He's obviously on. a people person. Either Absolutely. that, or he's got pictures of some people <laughs> high up in government. He's connected. I think he's <laughs> well connected. Whatever it's whatever he's doing, it's working yeah. for him. Yeah. How good was it, bud? No sport for what um, two, three months in total. Yeah, and then about eleven weeks. Or something. Yeah, and then he got straight on rugby league, back into it, and wasn't wasn't that a breath of fresh air for you Saturday afternoon? Uh, do you not? Do you know what the problem was? Though? I think the pie I ate at the footy on Saturday had been sitting in the warmer since the last game. <laughs> no good. I was cooking the guts all night Saturday night. <laughs> so anyone that follows us on social and saw me post a picture of a pie and a beer and, you know, that Instagram life and life's always better on social media. Yeah, I, I didn't share the details of the, the prevailing 12 to yeah, 24 uh, hours after that. I was not... I was I was I was sus on the hot dog that my young bloke had, and I was like, "Oh, this could be dangerous." <laughs> but it was me. I copped it. He was fine. It wasn't the forex gold? <laughs> well, it could have been. It could have been off. But <laughs> no, there was definitely a distinct like. At, when I got to the Bay Marie in the, I was like, "Oh, this is it." They had a very like restri- restricted menu at the footy on the weekend. Yeah, right. So they, they still give the beers in plastic cups. Are you allowed to have cans? No cups. Cups. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they just use the cans? Too much waste. I don't know. The, the only thing that was good for that break is all the docos that come out while we were all in lockdown. Mm. I, I've, I've, people on the pod are probably listening to the pod would be sick of me talking to them, but all of the guys that we wanted at our um, virtual barbecue that released docs, you had Slater release their momentum generation, the Michael Jordan one, Lance. I watched the other one, Bruce Lee. I watched B Water the other night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask you, folks, because I, I want to make some changes to my lineup. What about the Tiger King? What about that? Oh my God, <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> what, have you seen that, AJ? Yeah, I, I couldn't watch it all. I was going to say that's not <laughs> AJ's type. <laughs> not, he's not going to sit there and watch that shit. It's, it's entertainment, <laughs> and that was basically about it. What do you reckon, Phil? Did did, he, did Carol kill her husband? Oh, I hundred percent, she did. 100%. I reckon he's living in Puerto Rico. Yeah. That was my hot tip. No way. Yeah. Why would he? Leave her literally owned a plane, zillions. was a pilot. Yeah, why would he leave her zillions? Though? Yeah, I don't know. When the travesty there is that she now owns the exactly. Tiger King's park, and, and he told he was it his, his sister and his mum, or his sister and his ex wife, they come on at the end yeah. and said they told yeah, them if something happens, it's because they just, she's seemed, they just seemed salty that Carol got all the money. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's obviously three sides of the story, her side, his side, and the truth, so. Yeah. He did like to go to Puerto Rico. <laughs> he did have a plane. The plane was never found. Yeah, and he could have just been a deviant. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, <laughs> so, my question is, any changes to your, to your, um, to the, your barbecue starting floor? Yeah, well, I would definitely, um, can't believe I left him out, but Wayne Bennett would definitely get a start. Oh, Bennett. In, in mine. He's... What about the circus that surrounds Wayne Bennett just always? He's still got 18 months left on a contract at SAS. Yeah, I know. And the media is just determined to find out where he's going next. And I saw him blowing up today. He's like, just yeah. let me do my job. Yeah. But this is, this generally, is not... what's the general rule where there's smoke, there's fire. So there must be a story he's there. He's been linked to four different clubs. Yeah. Bro. So he... <laughs> he's going to the Warriors next right. minute. He's coaching the Bulldogs. No doubt there's people chasing him. That's just the way it is, right? But if, if it's still lingering, there's, there must be something there. You know, he just wants to shut it down and, and keep on going with, you know, coaching Sowski. He doesn't want it a distraction, you know. You're coaching an NRL side and, you know, professional sport. But if there's there's got to be something there, and to Wayne Bennett's, you know, to his credit, he's obviously hosing down the best way he knows. And I think why there's speculation is that 
South succession plan is Demetrio that's there. So that's the plan. So I think the thinking maybe is that if Wayne departs early, it's no big deal. But he's saying today that he's staying there. He's got a job to do. Let him do the job. Um, so much speculation. I feel I wouldn't be a coach for quids. Like, the only good thing, if I was Stephen Kearney now and I'm now getting a million bucks, I'm just like, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you invest that correctly, that will get you through another few more but years. But who'd be a coach? Like, there's, there's no, there's no longevity hide, there. Is there. There's nowhere to hide. I don't know enough about it, so we'll have to wait till Cliffy's back. We'll we'll do this again, but apparently there's a bit of coaching movements on the surf club stuff. But Paul Green, Paul Green, is now being linked with his old team, the Sharks. What do you oh, think of that, AJ? Oh, you're a Sharky fan. What's yeah. <laughs> you, you know the intel? What do you think, Johnny? Do you think John Morris as we were talking about being one of the boys and then being the coach. Yeah. Do you reckon he's got yep. the ability to transition and be the coach? I think no. I think now we know that that hasn't been successful. I yeah. think we need to move on with that. Big. Yeah, I, I do think he's an issue. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, they just can't start, you, the Sharks. You like think he, Flanagan was a real iron fist kind of bloke? No. Oh, he just got guys moving, you know, and, and they've got a lot of talent in that team, but they just can't get in the right headspace to start games well. They always let you know, one or two tries in before they get into gear and they can't. And they always often lose by between six and 12 points week to week. Yeah. Um, so they've got to really improve that. And I think that has to be a coaching error. You can't get your starting scene to execute properly in the first 10, 15 minutes. It's not because you're not skilled or you're not fit enough. It's because your head's not in the game. Mm, that's, that's my opinion on it. There's got to be a talent to that because it, it's something the Titans have battled with. Mm. Even now that they're hanging in a game, they're still letting. You just like can't. there was good signs on the weekend. They kicked, they they marched straight up the field. Penalty, two points. And I was like, oh, it's the best start to a footy game we've had in Yonks. And then we let uh, what twenty points in, eighteen mm. points in. I was like, oh yeah. god, what happened there? Yeah. But you're right. Like some teams just come out and boom, game on. Whereas, yeah. 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 I think that's a coaching piece. I really do think it's part of it. Um, you know, you, your side drops away in the last 20 of a game, you can start to put fatigue down as a factor there. Yeah. They start dropping balls and doing silly things late in the game. You can attribute that. But I don't think a poor start is, um, you know, something that you can – you can't let it happen. And I also think that it's got to be a coaching or – um, player management issue. Or preparation. Or preparation. He, he was really thrown... Something yeah. they're doing at training. They need to, I guess, maybe adjust and just change something there or change the preparation to mm. just trying to get the mind a little bit more yep. you know, on on point right from the start instead yeah. of waiting for a try or two tries come in and then mm. they're all getting a kick in the backside behind mm. the line. Mm. And that's like, right, and then that's when they kick into gear. So I reckon mm. it's something to do with either... Probably prep preparation. They need to change something up there. Mm. Change the warm up or change the mm. maybe come out for a shorter warm up so they're a bit more mm. energetic. They might be doing too long a warm up, which will they might be there. And then when by the time they come down back into the sheds and then get ready, they're kind of dropping off, being a bit flat. Mm. So yeah, yeah, good point. I, I think it's really hard for a player to go um, stay at the same club and then merge into a coaching role. Yeah, I think you can go away and learn new tricks and get experience and, you know, take a break from that environment and then come back and be successful. I'd, I wouldn't think of many examples where a player's gone from being in the playing group to transition through the staff 
into yeah. the coaching role and been successful. Like and that. he probably had – he was probably very early even in his assistant coaching career. Circumstance. Straight, straight away from finishing. There's no way that was the plan was for him to be head coach. No. No. Yeah. He's probably got himself some breathing room after they won on the weekend, but – That was a terrible win. Who, so who who do you think the Shark – is? like Paul Green uh, flat out on Monday night said uh, no, no – it's not been a discussion for him to be going to Cronulla. <laughs> so does that mean it's a done deal? Or <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, they can't say no, but they're, they're going, aren't they? But so. what would make the Sharks go, he's – this is what always can never work out. Look, he's lost that dressing room, but he can walk into that one and make, make a difference. Is that mm. just because you just get stale or the, just the ideas run out or well, – I think it comes back to what we were talking about before is that you've got to know um, – how to flick that switch with people. Yeah. And if you're a friend of theirs, I think it's really hard to do yeah. that. Yeah. I think you have to come from a level of, you know, having more um, authority and respect versus being a mate to be able to yeah. get the best out of a player. Um, as a coach, I think it's kind of a trick to it. So you reckon Greeny would go right at Sharks? Or who, who, if, you know, you're a Sharks fan, Perth Sharks, who, who's going to be coaching them? <laughs> Perth Sharks. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, uh, who knows, mate? I, I, I think there's more issues at the club than what that is. I think, um, you know, the playing group have to have a look at themselves. As with any unsuccessful team, it's yeah. not. It's multifactorial. I don't think you can yeah. pigeonhole one person to blame with it. Um, but I think a new coach, and I definitely think that we need. There's some big shoes to fill with retirements um, as well. I think. What? We, well, the pinup boy, Johnson. Should we? No, what's his name? Cherry. Bronson Cherry. Oh, okay, yeah. What's doing where you got – they talk about, oh, the club had nothing to do with it. That's a culture thing though, right? If you've not got that young kid under someone's wing just like mm. making him like make good decisions with his uh, life. Oh, yeah. But or not. Is that a family thing do you think? Like what, what – oh, so, so apparently, yeah, family thing. Um, you know, young kids can make poor – there is a judgment. After everything the Cronulla's been through. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I, I think because they've been through that, you'd expect that you, the playing group would be more vigilant than normal. That's, yeah. that's my argument. So I think this is a, I'm not sound like a really one-eyed Cronulla supporter here, but oh. <laughs> we don't expect anything else. I don't know. That's, the, that's I don't, what I got you here for. I think, it's like McMahon with the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, given what the club's been through, I think it'd be really, really, really stupid for them to think they could get away with something like that again. I think this yeah. has to be a um, an outlier in the group that's gone and done something silly. But yeah. to the guy's discredit, like, you know, he had a lot to live up to. He's going to be a very well, good player. So what, what has it come out like? I haven't heard anything since, yeah, but okay. I think, you know, the Pretty much the B sample. It, I didn't realise this. The B sample is not that they think that it's going to be any different result. The B sample is to prove to the athlete, this is your sample. Here's us cracking the seal. Here's us testing it. Here's it getting the same result. Mm. So that it's not, it's not like it's going to no. – it, it's purely a procedural thing that – it's yeah. v- I don't you know, I don't even know if there's been a case where the B sample test negative and the A sample was positive. It's literally this is your sample because I don't know they, they must cite it or must, whatever. Yeah. Yep, mm. and it's purely a procedural thing to prove that this is your sample. You mm. you've tested positive and game over. Yeah. I know you're under the pump for time, AJ. That's right. Any change to your barbecue lineup? Oh, 
who was it? Kelly. You were Kelly. Cost, Costa. Costa. I probably clicked Costa out. I don't know who I brought back did, in. Did you have Pele? Or was that in Cliffy's? No, was, that was, no, was Cliffy's, I think. Yeah. Oh, he had like a 14, 14 <laughs> long list. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we can roast him too. He's not coming, so <laughs> give it to him. He, he was going to go part two on his list today. Yeah, I think. well, we're now going to have to go part three because he, <laughs> he got trapped in the COVID lineup coming back into the state today. Oh, I how good's that for small? In. How <laughs> good's that for small business? Having to be stuck in traffic for yeah, like an yeah. hour or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm all. I feel like our premier's done a pretty good job, but like that's got to be killing some small businesses. If he's paying blokes to sit yeah, in the passenger seat yeah. to cross that border, mm. that's not good. It's not good for anybody. But who 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 was it? Who'd you got? Oh, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty happy. If with you're happy with your that. lineup, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I've changed mine because I said so. What you, you guys put me on the spot, and I went Joe Rogan, Alfie Langer, um, Jesus, <laughs> and me brother. I'm going to swap a couple out because I feel like I've got a bit of flexibility. I think I'm going to keep Rogan. I, I got I got some stuff to talk to him about. Um, I'm going to go Bruce Lee, B. Water, my friends, B. Water. Throwing Daniel Ricardo in there. Just, okay. I reckon he's about as – I think he's Australia's highest profile athlete right now. I think. On a world stage? On the world yeah, stage. Yeah. I think he's the biggest. I don't know what – I'd love to – I think oh, – I'd be out, probably out of him or Adam Scott maybe mm-hmm. as, as like profile-wise because I know Ricardo gets reach into America. <coughs> And then I'll stick with me, me brother because he's cooking. But that, that's, yeah, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> a lot. Sorry, Jesus, you got the punt, mate. <laughs> Deserve it, though. He'll be back. He'll he's a good back. bloke. He'll understand. <laughs> He'll get it. It'll be all right. He could get He could get a run in part three. I don't know. I don't know. On that note, we'll leave, we'll leave some chat for part three. I want to give a shout-out to Troy Stickers Stickland. You've won the Beers and Banter show bag that we've been giving away on social media. Uh, shout out to Gripstar Socks. They are great supporters of the pod uh, for all your sock needs. They, they've become my everyday sock. Yeah. Grip Socks. You run that quick good. around the house. <laughs> they, do you know what they do? They stop my work um, shoes from squeaking. They're, they're good. Whether it's golf, uh, footy, soccer, anything, netball, whatever you're doing, get some Gripstar Socks. Uh, socials follow us at beers and banter on all the social platforms please do us a huge favor hit the subscribe button hit the like button leave a comment if you think we're full of shit tell us all about it right below um gents thanks for coming in really appreciate it and uh anytime i think we're gonna have to do part three because the crab didn't turn up so cheers cheers thank you thanks guys thank you cheers boys (laughs) 